friends, this is Pastor Bill Clark. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, friends, are the first two words I begin each message that I get the privilege to share each Sunday. I get to tell my friends about the greatest friend, Jesus Christ. I also consider friends to be one of the greatest gifts a person can have in this earthly life. Most of the episodes will be messages I share each Sunday, but from time to time, I'll invite a friend to share some of their life with us over a beverage. I pray these episodes bless you and help you on this journey of life. God's blessings to you, friend. This is a message I shared at Timothy Lutheran Church on Ash Wednesday, February 22nd. We're going through a series called The Places of the Passion, and the first place that we visit is Jerusalem. Let us pray. Lord, I ask you to speak through me this evening. Lord, may the words that come from my mouth give honor to you and your holy word. Let your word speak to us this Lent season as we visit the places of the passion of our Savior. I ask all of us in the name of our crucified Savior, who died and rose for our sins. Amen. Good evening, friends. As I said, this sermon series that we're going to go through is the places of the Passion, and tonight we're going to Jerusalem, the place of the Passover, where Jesus gathers with the crowds. But the sacrifice is going to be Him by the end of the week. So I thought on this day when they're talking about one of this most historic snowfalls in all the history of mankind that's happening to our north. We're going to talk about tornadoes. That's all right. Spring is just 26 days away. Do you know we live in Tornado Alley? If you know anything about living in Iowa or been here very long, you know that tornadoes can pop up at any time. The spring weather, unpredictable. You see, we're right in the middle of these three air masses in the spring. It's the warm tropical air that comes off the Gulf of Mexico, the cool, dry air that comes off the central plains, and the west, warm, dry air that begins to build. And when these three air masses meet, they produce wicked weather. Weather like take cover, go to the basement, the sirens are going off. I saw this tornado June 13, 1976. I was seven years old. It was a Saturday afternoon. I was with my dad. He was at work. He worked in a greenhouse. And that June afternoon, it began to hail. It began to hail pretty badly. And if you're inside of a glass greenhouse, that's that's not the best place to be when it starts to hail. So I remember my dad grabbing me, rushing me out of the greenhouse. And when we got out, we got our first glimpse of this tornado. It didn't look like that when we saw it. It was just in its infancy. It went all the way around town. But it grew to be an F5 tornado. The tornado was studied by Dr. Fujita, the guy that invented the F scale. He studied this tornado because there's actually two tornadoes that were side by side, turning in opposite directions of each other. It's considered to date one of the largest and most violent tornadoes 
in the history of Iowa. Now, I remember this tornado so well because of, instead of seeking shelter, my dad and I jumped in our brown Ford LTD station wagon, cranked up the CB radio, and chased it down the road. Because there was other people doing that, right? We followed that tornado at a safe distance, my dad assured my mother later on. When my dad was following it, he's on the CB radio, listening to people, talking to people, doing the same thing. I remember my dad thinking, maybe we should say something like, maybe we should stop here and just see what happens. We were about probably three to four miles away from it, and we could see it moving through the fields. And to date, I can still remember the sound of that monster moving across the fields. See, by this time, it was so big, we couldn't tell if it was moving towards us or away from us. So that's when my dad decided to stop. That day, 60 homes were destroyed, 300 farm buildings, and a school were destroyed. Tornado was a mile wide. No lives were lost that day. It was Saturday. There was no school. Perhaps some of you had the experience of living through a tornado. If you have, the sounds in those images are forever in your mind. Now, on the other hand, all of us have lived through severe storms because we live in Iowa. The sky usually grows dark from the northwest. The wind begins to blow. The rain comes down in buckets. The electric lines start to shiver and shake. Then you hear the emergency vehicles go up and down the streets, and we know that it's not good. The storms cause damage to property. Electric service is cut. But we're first and foremost concerned if others are unharmed by the storm. When the storm's over, we thank God. We thank God that there's no loss of life. And we're thankful for insurance that covers the loss of property. Being in a storm is a place that we don't want to be at times. Because it's usually a bad place when we remember it. So this Lent, this Lent begins today, Ash Wednesday, and with it we begin this sermon series that I've been talking about, Places of the Passion. So we're going to follow Mark's gospel, and we're going to walk with Jesus to places like the Upper Room, the Garden of Gethsemane, Pilate's Judgment Hall, the Hill on Golgotha, all places of the Passion. Now, immediately when you say some of those places, they're associated with a bad place because we know what happened there. Each one of the places of the Passion is a place where Jesus was the week leading up to the Passion for each one of us. So today we're going to go to the city of Jerusalem, a place that I had the privilege to visit once again just a few weeks ago. This is an interesting perspective because usually you take the picture of the city of Jerusalem from the other side with the wall. So this city is taking, this is taking a picture of the city of Jerusalem from the northwest versus usually it's taken from the east. In Matthew 26, it says, When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples. And Matthew records five teaching books or blocks of Jesus' pattern, and he patterned his Gospels after the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Old Testament. Five times, Matthew writes, when Jesus had finished all these sayings. said that in Matthew 7, Matthew 11, Matthew 13, 
Matthew 19 and Matthew 26. Now, Matthew 26 is the fifth and final time he writes this. So what's the point? Matthew is finishing his gospel. He's wrapping things up, if you will. It's all coming to an end. And it will end with a massive storm. The sky will grow dark and cloudy. The winds will begin to howl. It will rain. How so? He said to his disciples, You know that after two days the the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. It's in Matthew 26. This will be Christ's last Passover in Jerusalem. He's about to be crucified. He's going to die. He's going to be placed in a tomb. Jesus is stuck in a bad place. A very bad place with a storm ready to hit. Now we all know what it feels like to be stuck in a vulnerable place. Exposed when a storm hits. I remember that June 13 events just like it was yesterday. But there are other storms in our lives, aren't there? Have you or have you have have you or have you, have you ever raised a teenager? I was reminded of that. I had two teenagers on the mission trip last week. You try to get angry with them, and then you decide they're probably better than I was at their age. Did you get cut from the team? Did you lose the love of your life? Are your finances tight? How about your health? Is getting... Is old age getting the best of you? The golden years aren't so golden, I hear some people say. Has the doctor used the word cancer with you? And there's also storms that nobody knows anything about. Because those are the storms that are happening inside of you. Voices. Voices in your head. Oh, it took my voice just a second. Voices in your head. Feelings of being alone. These storms happen inside each one of us and the worst kinds of storms because we feel alone. It's like a secret storm. Because we're ashamed and we're so embarrassed and so afraid that we don't tell anyone. Now you know who likes these storms? Satan does. When he had... When he has you in a storm all by yourself and you feel all alone, he knows you're not going to ask for help. These storms can last for days and weeks and months. But most of life storms, things that happen to us, they come and they go. But there's one storm that comes, but it never goes. It hammers at us. It brings with us hell and high water. Thunder roars, lightning zigzags across the sky. What am I talking about? It's the storm called sin. Sin comes, but it never goes. What does sin look like? Well, Matthew 26 today. Then the chief priest of the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. Joseph Caiaphas is the high priest. He held that office from 18 to 36 AD, 18 years. 
He held that office far longer than anyone else did, indicating he had immense skill and political shrewdness. See, Caiaphas knows that a public arrest of Jesus is very risky. There would certainly be an uproar among the people because they believed Jesus was a mighty prophet. But Caiaphas couldn't have killed Caiaphas couldn't have killed Christ during the Passover feast, but he couldn't wait until the Passover was over because Jesus would probably leave Jerusalem and go back to his home in Galilee to escape again. So why are the chief priests and the elders plotting to kill Jesus? They're losing their place, aren't they? They're losing their power. They feel like they are. They had the most important places in the synagogue and the marketplace. They wear their long tassels. They give a tenth of their possessions. They fast twice a week. They pray these long prayers. They could take their esteemed place in the community and thank God that they're not one of the people that Jesus eats with, those tax collectors and those sinners. The chief priests and the others had a place of power and respect. And then this Jesus guy shows up. Christ's ministry, he attracted people. We know that. He still does it today. Words touch people's hearts. His hand opened people's eyes. His presence brought about life that was full of grace and truth. And then what happened? The chief priests and the elders began to lose their place. That's why they gathered to plot and prepare for Christ's death. So do you see what sin is? Sin is holding on to my place. Sin is not allowing Christ's first, pla- first place in my life. And sin is making sure others stay in their place. See, in a way, we're not much different than the actions of the chief priests and the elders. Eventually, sin can bring with it these tornadic winds, these life-threatening lightning, and destroys everything. What is Christ's response to our sin? Does he condemn us? Does he lock us up and throw away the key, as they say? Do you remember what Jesus said in our reading tonight in 26, Matthew 26.2? You know that after two days, the Passover is coming. And the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Jesus walks to a place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. And at Golgotha, Jesus walks into the storm. Paul writes in our reading tonight, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. What does that look like? Jesus willingly placed himself in the middle of the storm. The tornadoes of all tornadoes. Remember some of his words that we're going to go through this week. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Today, you will be with me in paradise. I thirst. And the words that freed us all, it is finished. So are you stuck in a bad place? Jesus was stuck in a bad place. Are you hurting? Jesus was hurt. Are you bleeding? Jesus bled. 
Do you feel at times that you're gasping for air? Jesus gasped for air. Are you crying? Jesus cried. Is your heart breaking? Jesus' heart was absolutely broken. What does this mean? It means that we're not alone in our storms. We're never alone in our storms. To the Father haunted by angry outbursts, Jesus speaks to us. The husband and wife that barely talk to each other, Jesus speaks to us. To all of us exposed to the constant storm of sin, Jesus speaks clearly to us. So we listen. Can you hear Jesus? What does he say? He says, I love you. I love each and every single one of you just the way you need to be loved. What should we do when we're stuck in a bad place? A massive light-threatening category 5, you know, F5 type of storm. When it looks as though everything is going to be wiped off the map. Should we panic? Should we pout? Should we pretend? Should we freak out? Should we have a nervous breakdown? Should we do something that we'll regret for the rest of our life? The answer is no, 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 and no. God knows how to get his people safely through the storm. That's the message of Passover. In our Old Testament reading, God was doing whatever it took to get Israel safely through their unpredictable, ferocious, and hellish storm called Egypt. There was Pharaoh, and then there was the Red Sea. When they got to the Red Sea, it looked like a dead end. And then there was the horses and the chariots. And what happened? The water parted, and the Israelites walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. God knows how to get his people safely through the storm. And that's the message of Christ's Passover meal as well. In just a few minutes, we'll get to taste his true body and blood. Jesus takes us from a stormy place to another place. A place of peace in his presence. A place to lay our burdens down. A place to receive forgiveness that we get to touch and taste. And be made new again. So at this table, Jesus Jesus has reserved your place. Just for you. Thank you once again for listening to Hello Friends. 
If you have any questions about anything that we share on our podcast, any of the sermons, anything in God's Word, His teachings, please get a hold of me. I'd love to have a conversation. God bless.